Hey guys, welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And I really hope that my chair squeaking did not sound like a fart. <laughs> I was literally, it's like leather. She's totally lying. No, I swear I did not <laughs> fart. It's like leather. And I'm like, I scooted up and I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm farting. <laughs> it's not a fart. Anyways, <laughs> see, it just did it again. I'm not being a seat cushion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this week we are talking about the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And before we get into our normal book club settings, we'll just kind of do our second suite. Mm-hmm. What is your suck for the week, Lacey? Um, you know, I don't feel like I really had a suck this week. Well, that's a pretty good week. Yeah. Lucky you. I can't think of anything that I didn't like about this week. Well, maybe the fact that your job owes you a Starbucks gift card from a year ago. from a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) And they can't figure out how to send it to you. Yeah, yeah, that that is a suck. Um, My suck this week is that college professors are still making you do group work. Mm. Um, Why do they think that this is a good idea? I mean, college has been around for hundreds of years, and group projects never turn out well especially now it's not like you can really get together to work on the group right and especially like i mean one of the people in my groups from el paso one of them's in lubbock i'm in dallas i think another one's in san antonio oh man i mean el paso is a different time zone yeah so like i always have to put central time when we're meeting but it's just like i pretty much had to take charge of this project and i feel like the mom of the group or something and like no one listens, and it's fucking annoying. Yeah, the who shit wants to out of me. wrangle everybody else exactly. for their grade? Exactly, like, dude, just let me do it myself. Damn, that's my suck for the week. Uh, what's your sweet for the week? Lance. Yeah, that was gonna be my sweet too. Um, <laughs> so Lacey and I just spent a butt ton of money at the plant shop. Yeah, we did. Uh, are those called nurseries? Yeah, they're yeah they're nurseries. I don't like that. It makes you think like babies. Yeah, I'm like oh, I'm going to the nursery. I'm going to pick up a baby. <laughs> yeah, I just like plant shop. We, we always say plant nursery, though. So, Lacey, was, there's this place that I go to near my house, and she had asked, I think I went a few weeks ago, and she was like, hey, where where were you? And I told her, and she was like, dude, I want to come over there because I want some plants and I want some planters. And um, I was like, dude, just come over to my house and record, and before we record, we'll go over there. Oh, my God. If you are on Instagram, I'll have to post it again because I posted it today, but by the time this comes out, it won't be up. I'll just post it on our book Instagram yeah. page. Um, Lazy and I filled up the back of my Jeep with plants. <laughs> <laughs> we got some devil's ivy. Lacey got two. I got one. Lacey got a bamboo palm. Mm-hmm. And I got, we have not identified it yet because we think it was mismarked. It was marked as a watermelon vine, but it looks like a pink prayer plant to me. Yeah, it does. But the way it's growing, I think it is going to vine. It's going to vine. It's a vine, but I don't know what kind of vine. But I don't think it's a water, because when we Googled it, it, like, we were Googling everything. That other one was a watermelon vine. That, yes. It didn't look like, so we're going to identify this one. It makes me think it's a prayer plant, because Calpheas have the purple underside like that. Yeah. And they close up at night, so I guess tonight we'll see if it closes up. Um. Because I kind of need to know before I put it somewhere in case the dogs get into it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Lacey and I spent a ton of money at the plant shop. Then we went to Ross and spent even more money. We were looking for planters. We couldn't find any, but we bought other shit. <laughs> like always. Uh, I did need that broom, though. And I needed the basket. Yeah. So, to be fair, I only got one thing I didn't need. That's true. 
So, and you got stuff that you did need. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got stuff to put in my coffee, save myself and some extra sugar and everything. There you go. So, it was a successful trip. But it was fun at the plant shop. Yeah, it was. They had a ton. They had, like, just gotten a truckload yesterday. They had stuff that I had never seen before. I could have bought more. Yeah, I could have bought more. <laughs> I almost got a bigger neon pothos. But I don't know why I was gun shy. I'll probably want one next time, and then they won't have any yeah, more. And I'll no, be like, damn, I'm Because I was looking at yours, and I was like, oh, I want one. But then I saw these, and I was like, oh, but these. Yeah, the ones that we got are just so much fuller. They're beautiful. And I just think they'll be so pretty up like up there mm-hmm. on the cabinet. So we'll see. I think you should probably put them in the corner to start. Yeah, the corner would be pretty. Although, the, I think that corner is, is uh, there's nothing there. Oh. There's not, like, a board there. You could get a piece of cardboard or something. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Damn, maybe I should have got two and I could put one on either side. Lazy and I will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk interior design later. You guys don't care about that. Um, so uh, this is funny, though. So Lazy and I got home from the plant store and Steve had taken the dogs to the dog park. Well, he got a fig tree at Sam's. <laughs> so we're both coming home with plants for one another. So that's, that's funny. funny. Um, yeah, so that's our suite. Um, this week we read The Midnight Library. So this is actually Kelly's pick. Kelly is at Book Bandit. This is a listener pick episode. Um, and she sent me a review, so we'll read that towards the end after we talk about the book. Um, so I guess we'll just, like, jump in and get into our questions. My mic fell. I'm going to make it straight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. Where's our producer when you need him? <laughs> at Taco Bell. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> yeah, and Aiden's like, okay. So, give them a synopsis of the Midnight Library. Okay, so basically... <laughs> She's saying this, this with a full bottle of Tito's vodka. <laughs> this woman named Nora decides that she doesn't want to live anymore, so she plans to commit suicide, and then once she does, as far as we're concerned, she ends up in this library between two lives, sort of. And it's all, it goes into parallel universes and, Mm -hmm. you know, philosophy and all of that. But basically it's a library where she can pick up a book. That's another life of hers somewhere at some point. Had she made a different choice, different choice of anything, any kind of different choice. So she's going through these books and different lives, trying to find somewhere that she feels like she wants to live and where she you know, she just wants to live. So the librarian that's there mm-hmm. is Mrs. Elm, a librarian she had in like elementary school, mm-hmm. and she tells her, you know, you can try on these lives, and then if if you're like disappointed, you'll come back here. But once you're once you leave, you can never go back to that life. Um, and she may, doesn't. You may have infinite lives to go through, yeah. or you may actually die before you can go through. Yeah, and that's the thing is like because it, it's still midnight on her watch, and she's like, the time's not going to change because this is kind of like a chance to see things differently. But she, she doesn't really give her all the information up front. No, she gives her little bits and pieces. It's just it's kind of like purgatory. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't tell you that. And you could look at it many different ways. If you're religious, you could say it's purgatory or you could say it's heaven or you could say it's hell. I mean, or the in between or, or a parallel, the gateway to parallel universes. There's so many different ways you could look at it. And I like that he kind of leaves it up to your too. interpretation, I like however you want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. So first question, what was your favorite part of the book? 
say just the general idea. I like just the different idea. Who I mean, who's ever going to think about trying to write a midnight library about different places that you could live? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... My favorite part is the end, and I don't want to tell that yet, so we'll come no. back to that. Um, yeah. Her decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your least favorite part? I felt like some of the disappointments mm-hmm. that Nora came across were, like, very slight disappointments. I agree with you. Like, stuff that wouldn't really make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in the end it did lead her... To make her own choices for her own life. Yeah. But still, I mean, it was just kind of like seeing a kid on the street that ended up bad just because you didn't teach him piano lessons. We'll get into that. Because I felt like (laughs) even if that, even like if she does, I mean, it obviously makes her want to help other people because she realizes she wants to help other Mm -hmm. people by seeing that, but... I don't feel like it should have pulled her from that life if she liked everything else. It should have just kind of fixed her path. So my least favorite thing is how depressing the beginning of this book is. I think that was on purpose. I think it was on purpose. Now that I've read it, yes. But when I was first going through it, I was like, why the fuck does everyone like this book? Her cat dies? You know I was about to close it at that. I'm like, no. But there's a reason. Layers. Wow, that car is fucking loud. Um... (laughs) (laughs) You know, she feels like she loses her job. She's not close with her brother. Her parents are dead. Her parents are dead. Her cat dies. After her cat dies, she's like, well, there's really, like, no other reason for me to be here. That is so fucking sad because, like, I even wrote down because I knew I would have a really hard time talking about it. Um, It was really hard. Oh, yes. Oh, pause. (laughs) Pause. The dogs are home. Okay, we're back. Um, Steve came home with the dogs. <laughs> they were at the dog park. And Steve brought us home Taco Bell. And Lacey hadn't eaten all day. <laughs> so we're back. Um, what I think we were talking about my least favorite part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had some notes because I had a really hard time with Walt's dying. Um, it was just hard reading about him. He gets hit by a car. And this dude that had asked her out named Ash came and knocked on her door and this is after she's lost her job and she's already like thinking she's going to kill herself that night. Like she's kind of contemplating it and he knocks on her door and he's like, Hey, don't you have a, like an orange tabby? And she's like, yeah, he's like, um, he's out like on the side of the road. I think he's been hit by a car and she's just like, Oh, and then they like go and find him and it's him and they bury him. So that at that point she's like, all right, I'm going to do it because I have nothing, nothing like the man that her neighbor, that elderly, she was picking up his medicine. He was like, "Hey, I got a mail order thing, so you don't have to do it anymore for me." So she's like, "Well, no one needs me. I lost my job, so like, whatever." Um, well, then you find out that Volts actually had like a heart condition. Yeah, Mrs. Elm, the librarian, tells her that that's in charge of her library in her mind, or however you want to look at that. Um, and that he left the house because he could tell that he was about to die and, and he didn't, didn't want, want to her to go it. through it. And that was like, I lost a dog and named Brady and it really like, that kind of made me upset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the beginning of the book is very depressing. If you can get through it, it does get better. Um, but that was my least favorite part was the cat and the depressing stuff at the beginning, but it has to set it all up. Like you yeah, have to have it. So 
Next question. My mic keeps falling. <laughs> was it a fast or slow read and why? It was very fast for me. I think the first night I dove like 100 pages in quick. Yeah, a lot of people like uh, the Desperate Bookwives uh, told me that I think she read it. I think it was Savannah who read it all in like one night. It was a fast read, but it did take me several days just because I was really busy. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning when it's kind of setting it up and getting into everything. It is hard to and, swallow. And she's going through her first few lives. Mm-hmm. It's... It's very sad. yeah, it's hard to get through. Um, but it is a fast, it is fast pace, and it's not even three hundred pages. So it is. It's like it was like three sixty something. Oh, in the book, it's only two eighty eight. Oh, well, I had the electronic. Copy. There we go. <laughs> Which event, scene, or character has stuck with you the most? By the way, these questions are from Oprah's book club and a mix of our own. So which event, scene, or character stuck with you the most? I'm gonna say Nora because I mean it was all about Nora. Yeah. Um, she's the one that had to make decisions and choose her life, you know? Hmm. Event scene or character that stuck with me? Yeah, I would say Nora. Um, there's not really a scene. No, not a particular That scene. jumps out in my mind mm-hmm. or anything. What did you think of the writing? Any standout sentences or vocabulary? Oh, I thought the writing was fine. It wasn't too descriptive or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't describe the characters no. hardly at all. I mean, I did learn a new word. Okay, what's your new word? Equidistant. Okay, what does that mean? Equal distance between two things. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even catch that. And then there was also a quote about chess and atoms that I didn't know either. Oh, um, there's more possible. <laughs> Russell. Sorry. There's more possible ways to play a chess game than yeah. there are, like, atoms, atoms in, in the, the universe, universe or observable something. Observable universe, yeah. Um. Okay, I didn't think there was that many ways to play chess. Yeah. Like, that was crazy to me. Um. Okay, those are good ones. I like the writing. It flowed very well. Um. Yeah, he wasn't overly descriptive mm-hmm. of his characters, but he is, like, the scene. He'll set the scene up really nice. Yeah, he does. I, I enjoyed the writing. I did too. I, there wasn't anything that I could critique about you it. You know, some of the books we read, they like maybe have a crutch word they'll use over and over yeah. again. I didn't notice I, he that doesn't, with him. Yeah, either. I didn't notice that with him. Um, and I felt like he explained depression extremely well. He did. And he really weaves in, like he must be into philosophy because yeah. he weaves in just facts about like authors or quotes or even like philosophy itself which I was talking to Kelly about this because I'm clueless because she was like oh yeah I really like so and so and so and so and I was like I don't know what that is I'll explain <laughs> it to you when I read her review but um she apparently studied philosophy in college as oh, well so nice. she was like yeah this is from this and this mm-hmm. is from this um of course everyone knows like Henry Henry David Thoreau yeah the road less Thoreau, traveled less that's traveled, yeah. really famous um but he has a lot he weaves a lot of that in there and I think it, it really adds a lot to the book would you want to read another book by this author? Yes. Yeah, I would. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? Sad. It made me sad. It definitely made me reflect. Um, definitely. Okay, so in the book, after she has killed herself or done whatever she's done, she gets to the Midnight Library, and that's when you know Mrs. Elm kind of explains how it's going to work. So mm-hmm. she starts going through a few lives. Um, whenever I'm like reading a book, I always look at these people like they're my friends and I'm like, you know, she kept getting out of lives cause she found something that was disappointing. And I'm like, girlfriend, 
it's not the life that's the problem. It's, it's you. you. There's yeah. something within you that you're not at peace with. And until you are, you're not going to be happy in any life because she went into a life where she was like an Olympic swimmer. And then she was a motivational speaker. because yeah. She was retired. She went into a life where she was a world famous rock star. She went into a life where she was a glaciologist. How do you say that? Glaciologist? Glaciologist? I don't Something like to. that. Um, because she was interested in that when she was a kid. Um, and she was very successful in all of these lives mm-hmm. she's going to. So at that point, maybe Nora didn't realize it, but I realized these aren't the things that are going to make you happy. Um, she went into a life where her ex-fiance that she left like two days before her wedding in her root life. It talks about that a lot. Her root life where she came from. Um, she goes into a life where she's married to him and he's like a dick. And, and an they follow his dream. They follow his dream of owning a pub and it's like failing. It's not doing well. They're not he's successful. Um, she goes into a life where she moved to Australia with her friend and then her friend was dead in that life. Right? Yeah, she got, she she got, got into a car, car wreck. Mm-hmm. So I think that that impacted me because I'm like, Nora, listen to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honey, wake up. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> she does meet someone when she's in the glace, glacier life. Um, she meets Hugo. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, he can tell right away what's up because he is also what he calls a slider. And they have a conversation. He, I think he was in a coma or something, he yeah, said in he his in root life. Mm-hmm. But his midnight library is a video store. Yeah. And his person that's there is his uncle. Yes. And hers is the librarian that she was close with when she was a kid. And instead of different books, he has VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. So he puts it, which I thought was cool that it's kind of like tailored. Yeah. To, like, I think mine would be a library. Mine probably would. <laughs> um, and he's been through like a ton. One of lives. Yeah, he was in the glaciologist. He was like five days in, right? No, I think it was weeks. Oh, okay. I think it said I'm weeks. like, Hugo, you got some bigger issues because you're having an e- even harder time finding fulfillment. Like, right. they even, um, they have sex, very awkward sex. Yeah. And like, in the middle of sex is when she phases out, right? No, I think it was after. I think it was in the middle of them doing it. Maybe it was. I can't remember. <laughs> because I know she met him at another point. Yes. And, and he, he phases out, out in the yeah. middle while they're having drinks or whatever. I'm like, dick, is my converse, like, can you not wait till our conversation's over? <laughs> um, I think it would be cool if they did a spinoff of Hugo. Like yeah. a book of his journey. Or somebody else's. Someone else. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Or someone else that she met or something. So what surprised you most about the book? I mean, I didn't feel like there was any kind of just huge standout surprises because you're just watching this woman go through these lives and try and find her own happiness. She does learn something pretty much every time. There's also a book of regrets. Mm -hmm. And every time she comes back from a life, one of her regrets kind of fades away because she she sees that, hey, I don't regret that anymore because I see that that was shit or whatever. Um or that well, it wasn't me that should regret that it. That it wasn't me, yeah. Um, like with her, when she's a rock star, her brother's dead in that life because he had overdosed. Yes. Um, in her root life, they had actually had a record deal and they backed out of it because she was having panic attacks and couldn't like perform. Mm-hmm. So her and her brother are not speaking because he's he holds a lot of resentment towards her because he was in the band and his best friend was in the band. 
So when she gets to the life where they're rock stars and she finds out he is dead, she phases back out of that life because she's like, no, I don't want that. Um, yeah, there's really not anything like super shocking about no. the book. So nothing really like surprised me. I don't think there was supposed to be anything really shocking no. about the book. So how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? This is a big one. And this is my favorite part. I mean, I was happy for her, but I don't understand why it took so long. Yeah. So, before I got to the end, I would have given this book three stars. Yeah, I think I would have too. Um, so, she gets to a life where the the dude, Ash, he's a surgeon, the one that knocked on her door with the cat. He had actually, like, asked her out previously in her root life, but she was with that jerk, Dan, that she was going to marry. So, she said no, no. So, she said no. Um, well, in this life, she said yes, and she's married to him, and they have a daughter, and she's a professor at Cambridge who she retired to is write a writing book. a book, and mm-hmm. he's a surgeon. So they're successful. They have a daughter. They have, like, a beautiful life. They have a dog. They have a dog. And she's like, this is an amazing life. life. Like, this is where I want to stay. But um, even though she's in that life, I'm like, God, I hope it doesn't end with her in this life because you can't – just put a Band-Aid on something no. like that. And I felt like that's what that life would have been. And it felt like she was kind of tiptoeing on eggshells. It felt like... And she even knew... She started feeling it. Someone else has set this up for me. I'm just kind of sliding in here. I don't, like, deserve this. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to her hometown, and she sees the kid that she gave piano lessons to in her root life getting arrested because she wasn't there to teach him piano, so now he was getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. She sees the man that she picked up his medicine for in the nursing home because she wasn't there to kind of help him take care of himself. Now he's in a, his, his children have put him in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, the librarian. She went to go look for the librarian. She died three weeks Yeah, beforehand. she died three weeks. Um, there was something else that she saw. She saw the kid get arrested. She saw Mr. Banderjee. Yeah. She saw the librarian. So that's when she's kind of realizing, wow, look at all these things that I was actually doing for people in my root life that I thought no one cared about me. And Ash kept and the, asking if she was okay. Ash kept well. checking on her. Um, I think at that point she realizes she's already realized she wants to live, mm-hmm. but now she's realizing I made a difference to these people and that like I was loved, even though I didn't feel love. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a quote that Mrs. Elm keeps telling her, Never underestimate the big importance of small things. I mean, those are small things, but yeah, she was keeping this kid out of trouble on a better path than he was. Right. She was taking care of the elderly man. Um, so at the end, she does phase out of the life with Ash, and as she gets back to the Midnight Library, it's falling apart because Mrs. Elm is like, something's happening, like either you're dying or... That, like, usually when stuff starts breaking down like this, it's because, like, a decision has been made. So she's like, you need to go find this book on this shelf and take this pen. And she opens that book, and it's blank. And it's clear that she's meant to write her own story. But she doesn't get it at first. She's trying to write stuff down. So she wakes up in her root life throwing up because I think she's taken some pills or something. Yeah, I think she took all of her depression pills or something. It was was some some kind of pill. And so she goes to Mr. Ban- Banerjee Crawls. and knocks on his door. She's like, please call an ambulance. I've done something stupid. And the ambulance gets there. They save her. She's in the hospital. Um, 
So she has an entirely new outlook on life. She reaches out to her brother. She um, the hospital reached out to her brother. Okay. Well, they they start talking right. again, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You really scared me." I'm sorry for everything that's happened. He's like, it wasn't what Robbie said. I didn't stop talking to you because of what Robbie said. I was an alcoholic. He so was an al- yeah, yeah. He was kind of going through his own thing. Um, she, the real Mrs. Elm, is still alive in that nursing home. She starts going to play chess with her every day, and that's how it ends. So I like that it doesn't end with her going to seek out a relationship with Ash or anyone for that matter, no. because she needs to work on herself right. and find that peace within herself. But. She realizes that she is loved, and she starts making those connections. Um, and she starts helping other people. So she expands her piano lesson yes. business. She, you know, she starts helping the homeless every, I think you said every Thursday or Tuesday. Yes, yes. She, and, and you know, Mrs. Um, Elm. Yeah, Mrs. Elm was like, well, you don't have to come see me all the time. And she's like, no, you know, an hour a day is nothing. Yeah, apparently and, Mrs. Elm's family was not coming yeah. to visit her. And she was just delighted that someone wanted to spend time Which with her. Which is sad, too. It's so sad. Well, Mrs. Elm said, I did some things. Yeah, that, I wasn't always a good person. Yes, yes. Another thing, important thing to note, um, every time Nora goes into another life, like the Olympic swimmer, she noticed she has scars where she's tried to kill herself in those mm-hmm. lives. Or she'll go into the medicine cabinet and she sees that she's on antidepressants. But not all of them. Not all of them, but in a lot of them. So I think that's when she kind of starts realizing, I mean, you the reader, you're going to realize at first that she's got to fix her stuff with her before. But I would kind of like to know if she did wind up with Ash. I know. It seems like they were kind of meant to be together. Right. Um, I would have liked maybe a prologue or something on that. Or maybe like what she, because it did mention that maybe she would ask him out for yes, coffee, but yes. I want to see it. I want to see it. But I'm glad it ended with her just working on herself. I like that. Okay. Um, how did the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? If you could give the book a new title, what would it be? I feel like it worked. Yep, it worked. Is the book overrated or underrated? I feel like it's on par. Okay. I feel like it's a little overrated because... I was expecting to be blown away. And while it is a great story, I still feel like it's overrated. But I think the reason it is so hyped and these people that are like, oh, my God, I love this. I love this. They are deeply relating to Nora. Mm -hmm. I felt related to her. I did, too. And I think that's why people are gravitating towards it because of the messages it gives, everything that she goes through. We all have something that we've struggled with. We all have things that we're Mm -hmm. going through. I think that's why people love it so much. And it talks about mental health in a way a lot of people maybe wouldn't be brave enough to talk to talk about. It. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny that you say that because I did read that Matt Haig did almost try and kill himself. I think he was like 26. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, had, he struggled with depression and anxiety himself. So I think that's also why he explains it so well. In this he knows book. what he's talking about. So well, and you feel it. Yeah. You can really feel her sadness. You can feel everything she's feeling, mm-hmm. really. And yeah. he does a really good job of, of depicting that. Um, did this book remind you of any other books, or is it an original idea? It's original. It's not original in that you're going to parallel lives or parallel right. universes. It's, it's original in the way that he did. Yes. Because there are many books. In fact, one I talk about all the time, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Check it out. It's a great book. Um, he builds a device to visit parallel lives and see his lives where he's made different choices. So it's cool though. It works. Um, 
How did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? I think I will. I think I will, too. Would you ever consider rereading it? Probably not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, any lingering questions or plot holes? Yes, Matt. We want to know if she ends up with Ash. And, we want to know. And after she almost tried to kill herself, they just let her out of the hospital easily. Like, is that an England thing? Because here, <laughs> here, if somebody tried to kill himself, even if they were like, oh, no, I still want to live, you would go through a psychiatric evaluation. You would have no choice. It kind of, de- like, okay, was that her first time? Does you wouldn't have, have a, a but you wouldn't have a choice here. They would slap you on that psychic evaluation. Oh uh, yeah, I think they would too, and maybe have you follow up and see someone mm-hmm. regularly. Um, I think it depends on a few things in the U.S. The U.S. Do you have insurance? If you have good insurance, they might keep you a little bit longer. Um, if you don't have insurance, unfortunately, they're probably not going to give you the best care, which is horrible. I, well, get your, like, I get your point. Yeah, like I said, it could be an England thing, too, where we just, you know, we struggle. Because they are, they do do things differently. They care about their people they have more than us, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, do get your, I do get your point about the plot hole. Like, I feel like they did kind of let her out quick. But, I mean, when they were asking her questions, she was like, listen, I want to live. I've, I messed up. I know what I did wrong. So maybe it was convincing enough that they were like, hey, I think she's serious about this. Maybe. Maybe if it's more believable in England than it is here. Because, you know, even if people said, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, they'd still be like, no, no, no. Maybe her brother, like, vouched for her and was like, hey, I'll stay with her and kind of keep an eye on her. Yeah, it could be that, too. Something behind the scenes. Like a better support system Mm -hmm. or something. Um, So one question that I asked our listeners was, let me pull it up. If you had... The chance to visit some of your other lives, would you want to? Why or why not? And every answer that we got was no. <laughs> they would not want to. Um, Kelly Booked Bandit said no. She doesn't think she could handle visiting her other lives. She doesn't like the idea of could have. And at Loretta, period, and Book said, I'm not too sure. Those are just some of them that were right there off the top. Would you want to? I would. Yeah. I would want to, too. I would. Not because I'm like, what could have been. I feel I'm like, just curious. Yeah, I'm curious, and I feel like I want to appreciate things more. That and, like, I'm very happy in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I've done some, I've made some really bad choices in life. We all have. We all have. But I'm in a, such a good place. I would like to know what my life would look like had I made different choices. Right. Like, I'm just curious. I'm very curious. Not that I would want to stay there or anything. Right. I mean, it's unless fun, I'm, no. like, married to, you know, yeah, no, Henry yeah. Cavill or something. <laughs> and maybe I'll, like, kill the original Cameron and stay in there. So, I don't know. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, one thing that kind of I, I think about a lot, like, when I graduated high school, I didn't mm-hmm. go straight to university right. because my, my friend at the time that we were going to go together, she didn't get in. So I stayed and went to community college. Well, then I, like, met the wrong people and kind of got wrapped up in a bad crowd and dropped out of college and made a bunch of bad choices. So I'm like, I wonder what my life would be like had I went ahead and went to university. Yeah. Like, like, without her. Right. Where would I be? Like, I'm curious about stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, I would definitely want to. I would, too. Um, I don't... Maybe I could just, like, watch it on TV or something. Maybe I don't (laughs) have to... Watch the VHS. Yeah. I don't have to, like, immerse myself in it. Um, but yeah, so Kelly picked this book and she has a review. So let me go find it. She has a really good review. 
All right, she gave it, do you want to guess how many stars out of five? I'm going to say she gave it a four. Three and a half. Okay. All right, so this is by at Booked Bandit. We call her Kelly. <laughs> when you stay too long in a place, you forget just how big and expanse the world is. You get no sense of the length of those longitudes and latitudes, just as, she supposed, it is hard to have a sense of the vastness inside any one person. And that is a quote from the Midnight Library. This is Kelly's review. Cameron and Lacey from At Two Bookworms, One Podcast, let me help them pick their next book review, and I suggested this book after seeing it all over Instagram. I can't wait to hear what they say about the Midnight Library. Everyone should definitely check out their podcast. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> As for the review, I probably should have skipped that first part. My bad. <laughs> Full of regrets and a series of bad events, Nora Seed decides her life isn't worth living anymore. Only she doesn't quite die. She ends up in the Midnight Library. This library is full of books that contain the alternate lives Nora could have had. With the infinite number of choices made in a given day, Nora has an infinite number of lives she can visit. Will any of these lives convince Nora that life is worth living? I liked the idea of this book, and overall I enjoyed it. However, there were some aspects lacking for me. The concept of this book was really interesting. Who hasn't thought about what could have been in their life if they had made a totally different decision? Mm -hmm. And as someone who loves reading philosophy, I really enjoyed the references to, oh my gosh, she told me how to say these and it's on another page, so I'll go back to that. But there are parts of this book I was a bit let down. I didn't particularly like Nora, and I don't yeah. mind not liking a protagonist. And so I wasn't really invested in her story. I know that Nora didn't really know who she was, but then she didn't develop for me even by the end. Mm -hmm. I also thought the book was predictable. I know even though I wouldn't... I knew what was – oh, I lost my place. Hold on. Uh, okay. I know that Nora didn't really know who she was, but then she didn't develop for me even by the end. I also thought the book was predictable. I knew what was going to happen once I started getting into it, mm -hmm. and even though I wouldn't have wanted another outcome, I was hoping for more. Additionally, I was really interested in another character, Hugo, another slider, but there mm -hmm. wasn't much of him. Therefore, he seemed irrelevant. So thank you, Kelly, for that yeah. review. Um I agree with everything you said. I do too. I think Hugo would be a really cool spinoff book. I didn't think she grew very much either. She didn't. She just kind of got. She's more starting grateful. To. She when the book ends is when she's starting to yeah, grow. She's starting to so we don't really get to see that development. I kind of would have liked to see it though. Maybe it would have changed my mind a little bit. Maybe a, I think a prologue would have really just wrapped this all up nicely. Maybe he'll make one someday. Sometimes Maybe. they do that. They go yeah. back. Um, so the names that she told me how to say. <laughs> okay. Henry David Thoreau. She said, I love philosophy in college and I still read some today. So there is Satra, French, and Camus, which is spelled C-A-M-U-S. They're existential authors, and the Midnight Library has a lot of existential ideas, like the importance of choices in life. So she enjoyed that aspect of the book. And then Henry David Thoreau was a transcendentalist. I hope okay. I said that right. That's a big word. Author and philosopher. <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea because she was like, oh, I like so-and-so and so-and-so, and I was like, I don't know. But now I know. So I'm going to Google them. But, yeah, I agree with everything she said. Yeah, I do too. 
And I would it, give it, it makes me it makes me see a little more that Nora was kind of bland. She was kind of bland. And it's hard for me because I'm a big believer in making your own choice. Like if Nora was my friend and she was like, Hey, I'm going through this, I'd be like, Okay, well then you need to make some different decisions. Mm-hmm. You need to do this, you need to do that. Like you kinda gotta like, you know, buck up and Go for it. But I think that was kind of a problem is that nobody was there to tell her. Yeah, she didn't have up, anyone. You know? Yeah, she didn't have anyone. The and one she had wasn't there. <laughs> I think that a lot of people make that mistake that no one cares about them. Yeah, they you feel know? lonely. They feel lonely. So I do understand that. Um, but I, I like the way that it ended. I, I really do. I'm really glad she didn't end it. End up in a different life. In a different life. She realized the value that she had in her own life. Mm-hmm. And so I like that she went back. Um, she's, like, thinking about getting a dog. and Well, and she found the value in herself, too. She found you know? value, yes, yes. So I like the way it ended. I thought it was good. I did, too. I would give it four stars. Same. It's a good one. Um, so check it out. Let me look over my notes and make sure I didn't have anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm on page 214. I put, she literally has no clue what she wants in life. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did agree with Kelly, though, when it was a little bit predictable. Because remember, I was reading the last 10 pages. Yeah, so we're in the line at Starbucks. And Lacey's like, I only got 10 pages left. And I was like, well, there's a long line. So go ahead and whip it out. And she's like, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. She's yeah, like, I was reading. Well, I was reading first, about her last life. I was like, she's going to get reset. <laughs> at first, she goes, I already know she's going to stay in the life with Ash. And I was like, <laughs> no, I said I was at the point where she was going to stay in the life oh, with yeah. Ash. But it wasn't gonna last and I was like oh keep reading keep reading and then um yeah and then Lisa finished it um there's some really good quotes in this book yeah there are there's one I'm reaching for my book so if I sound crazy I, I wrote it down page 188 and some of the you know the parallel universe talk and the philosophy talking does make you think a little bit more than mm-hmm. just a general book um so they're talking, Mrs. Elm, they're playing chess and she's talking about Nora. And she goes, and even if you were a pawn, maybe we all are, then you should remember that a pawn is the most magical piece of all. It might look small and ordinary, but it isn't because a pawn is never just a pawn. A pawn is a queen in waiting. All you need to do is find a way to keep moving forward, one square after another, and you can get to the other side and unlock all kinds of power. I like that. I love that. This book had some amazing quotes. It really did. Um, The one that I said earlier, never underestimate the big importance of small things. I mean, that's kind of for all of us because we're all just normal people living Mm. in this world, you know? We're not like celebrities or... Well, and it's hard sometimes to see happiness when we have a lot of ne- negativity in our lives yes. and a lot of people pointing to the ne- negative. Yes. It's also hard in this age of like social media oh. where you see people living in a quote unquote perfect life. Yes. Even though it's Even not. though it's not, but you can't help but compare yourself. That's human nature. Um, that's really damaging. Actually, one of my professors, she's doing her PhD and that's what she's studying. Like the effects that women are getting from this like keeping up with the Joneses mentality because mm-hmm. of social media. So I would like to read some of her work I'm on that. I'm so glad I deactivated my Facebook. I Dude, I can't wait. To, <laughs> as soon as this class is over, I'm deactivating it. I'm counting down the days. I, I can't, can't wait. Ugh. 
So, Lacey picked our next book. Yes. So, you've got two weeks. Our next yep. book is The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. Cool thing about this book, it comes out today. So, when you are listening to this, happy publication day Woo-hoo. to The Good Sister. So, that's exciting. Um, I'm probably going to get it on Kindle. I probably will, too, just because it's easier. Yeah. Lacey, you have got to get a Kindle. I do. Order one that. right now. I don't like technology. But, okay, look, I have this super basic one, and it's, like, it's not, like, a screen like this. It's, like, an ink placement yeah, screen. Yeah, no, I just fight with myself because I do. I've always loved holding a book. I've I do, too. i holding a book. I mean, look at all the, like, books on my just, bookshelf. It's I just love, convenience. It is I convenient. I can make notes on the go. And the cool thing is you can make notes, and then, like, if you highlight a quote, you can make it into, like, a meme to put on Instagram. It's really cool. <laughs> not that I would. You can highlight stuff. <laughs> well, you can send it to me, and yeah. then I'll do it. For the book, you Ooh, know, yeah. bookworms. But it is, it is nice. It's nice when you want to go somewhere and you can have like five books preloaded mm-hmm. on it. I think you should get one. They're they're very inexpensive. You could get a really good I'm starter I'm one. Oh my! That way you don't have to like use your phone. Yeah. And that the that's bad for your eyes. Uh, all the screens are bad for your eyes though. Not the Kindle ones. <laughs> they're because there's no there's no backlit. Oh, that's true. So it's just ink placement. It's like reading a book. Mm. It's good for you. I'm going to get her to get a Kindle next time we're on here. She's going to have it. Oh, Jack's on the couch taking a nap. Well, that was the Midnight Library. So you have two weeks to read a book. Next week's our talkie-sode. Um, we don't know what we're talking about yet, so I can't tell you to send anything in. <laughs> so, yeah, just stay tuned, and we'll see what we, <laughs> what we talk about. Thanks for listening, guys. Comments, questions, concerns, twobookworms1podcast oh, yeah. at gmail.com. Or Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. Bye. Bye. Little say bye. Yeah.